sales, the good book sales. When you do something for yourself and include others, it is a good thing. We want to do that for Julie and Dale. With their 150-mile ride scheduled for the future, you know that I back them up. The question is, will you? When they get around to posting their website, give, give. This is Charlie from Inglewood, Colorado, saying, hi, thanks for the podcast, guys. Have a good ride. BadgerCast number 87, I think. In this little town Yeah, you had to come walking in here and sit down I'm hiding and hoping My face ain't too red Since we've been over, been trying like crazy To get you out of my Badger Cast, your slice of Wisconsin life. I'm Dale. And I'm Julie. Did you forget who you were? You hesitated there. Uh, yeah. Well, I forgot how to podcast. No, you didn't. It's like riding a bicycle. You never forget. Uh, but you fall down a lot. That may be. <laughs> okay. This is Jana Kramer headlining the Uline Warehouse uh, stage at 10 o'clock tonight at Summerfest. We get to go on Saturday. Yay! And you were already there on uh, Thursday. Last Thursday, yes. Yeah. Yes. So she's going to uh, be headlining the rock stage, now called the Uline Warehouse stage, along with um, the head uh, headliner at the Marcus is New Kids on the Block, who don't look so new anymore. They all all look like 40-somethings, because they are. Do not go and do the age thing, please. Sticks. Eddie Butts. I remember Eddie Butts. I grew up on Eddie Butts. Uh, Janet Kramer, as I said. The Invaders, Umphreys, McGee, Willie Porter Band, Youngblood Hawk, and more. So. That's tonight. That's tonight. And, of course, now you get a text. So, Of course, you can't do anything sitting in front of a microphone without something going wrong. Um, so why don't we start I off talking it. about Summerfest. Yeah? And when you, was the first time you went to Summerfest? <clears throat> I had to be in college at some point. And I don't remember what year. 
But it was probably a lot, um, with some of the guys from uh, the seminary. Who knows? That. First time I ever went to Summerfest was the summer of 83. Okay. What a did... while ago. That's like 13 years ago. No, 30 years ago. <laughs> 13 yeah. years ago? My, my menopausal brain can't do adding and subtracting <laughs> quickly anymore, so just stop. Okay. So who did you see? Do you remember who you saw? I don't remember who I saw the first time, but. It was a band. It was a band. It was rock music. Other than that, I'd have to look it up. I don't know if he. I I do remember what I was introduced to, as in seeing things for the first time. What did you see for the first time? Drugs being done in front of me. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me of a little story for later, but. Uh huh. So. I mean, you know, in high school, you you had the the pot and the. The beer alcohol thing. Yeah. But never openly saw Coke before Summerfest. Ah. Yes. Okay, so we wanted to talk a little bit about, I guess because we're going to Summerfest twice, and this has been kind of one of those things that we've had a love-hate relationship with Summerfest. When things are this close, it's not as like, it's not like going halfway across the country to see Summerfest. It's not even that. We've been to Summerfest in some way, shape, or form much of these last 30 years. Right. It gets old. It gets old fighting the crowds. It gets old, and not so much old. It gets darn right exhausting to have to take kids with you. And we've, we've done Summerfest with the kids in various ages. We yes. did it when they were babies. We did it when they were toddlers. We've done it through middle school and now we've started with high school actually this was not bad when i went i took two of the kids to to see the band a band cherry pie um they opened for billy billy idol on the bmo harris stage on thursday the 27th 27th and um they were good the band was good. And the band before them was good. Billy Idol. Mm, a little too old? Well, okay. Or just a little too worn. Yeah, yeah both. <laughs> um, you know. I can say that because he's older than I am. Yes. Um, I guess I'm not a big Billy Idol fan, so, you know, the music is other than, like, um, the one that his famous oh, one. Oh, come on. You don't like White Wedding? I didn't hear it. Not at the concert. He did the other famous one. Um, and the name escapes me. So it's, you know, I'm not really not a Billy Idol fan. Uh-huh. But, you know, he's on the big screen. We were in the bleacher section. And uh, because that was the only unreserved section. Even though there wasn't a additional cost for the tickets, they had reserved seating for the, the oh, band. Oh, yeah, if you get there early enough and you get a... A wristband for reserved seating. You no, no, it was tickets. It was oh, it was tickets? tickets? It, it, it was. They changed that yeah, thing because it used yeah, to be yeah. that if you went early enough and you got a wristband for one of those, quote, non-paid, non-prepaid right. stages, you got in before 2 or 3 in the afternoon, you get a wristband, you could come and go and get back in no, to the no. reserved area. Not no. anymore. What happened was that we sat in the bleachers because, you know, we didn't move. 
Um, but what they did after the ban before Cherry Pie, they kicked everybody who didn't have a ticket out of the reserve section. Hmm. So then they either moved on to another venue or they tried to find a spot in the bleacher area. So, but when we got to Billy Idol, he was, um, you know, he sang, walked around. His his uh, musicians were better than he was, and he just kind of looked to me like he was phoning it in. And after he sang his uh, other hit, other than White Wedding, and I can't remember what it is, I was like, all right, we're out of here. And, you know, Josh didn't care, really care about seeing Billy Idol. No, he was only interested in Cherry Pie, and I don't blame him. Cherry Pie is a pretty good cover band. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, Olivia didn't care. So we, we meandered back through and we heard a song. REO was playing at the next stage over the backyard. Oh, I had a couple coworkers go see that. Yeah. I haven't heard yet how they had how they had fun or not. It was okay. I heard two songs. And then we meandered to um, uh, at the U-Line stage on the north end of the grounds. We, we heard uh, Blues Travelers, or at least a couple of songs of Blues Travelers. I would have loved to have seen the beginning of that show, but... I would have, too, but we'll get to why I wasn't there. All right. Um, but anyway, here's my my story. And I go to... We're at... Now, this is Uline stage. Even though it's a new stage, it's kind of old-fashioned summer fest seating. Mm-hmm. The bleachers in the back and the one stand of bleachers in the seat where everybody was standing up. Yes. Yes. So we get there, and so we we don't have really good seats. You can barely see the guy in the hat. But anyway, I smell something. A smell I haven't smelled in about 30 years. Oh, you've smelled it more so in 30 years, and I know exactly which one you're talking about. And and I go, "Uh, Josh, do you uh, smell anything? It's like, uh, hmm. For those of you who don't know, Josh is our oldest team. Yes. And and I go, um, does that? Do you recognize that smell? He goes, no. It's it like wasn't even on his radar, was it? Good. <laughs> and I like to hear that. So we stayed for a song, and then we uh, we uh, promised we'd bring Ben home a treat because he didn't go. So we picked up the treat and went home. So so we were home before midnight, which is good. Yes, it was. Because they didn't have to deal with the after traffic, which is always fun. That's where you just take your leisurely time in leaving and let everybody else rush to get out. And you, and the nice thing about Summerfest, it's it, it's in Milwaukee, and I know all of the back roads. So if I can get to a back road, I usually can get out of there pretty quick. Again, I'm in no hurry to leave when that happens. Let them all fight to get out first. Right. It makes it better for me in the end so so that was basically uh, besides um avoiding all the raindrops that was our uh olivia and and uh and josh and my adventure at summerfest they last year yes they opened a new gate and if you look at my facebook page not this shows but mine Mm -hmm. you'll see that they did at the south gate they have this great 
big sculpture of a grand piano, a guitar, a drum set, and a guitar. It's very cool looking. I saw that picture. I liked it. Yeah. I'll have to get a better picture later. Yep. Uh, probably Saturday. Probably. We'll get to that in a little bit, too. Okay. So uh, I thought that was cool. And and um, the kids asked. Did, I, I had never seen that before. So it's been a couple of years since we've been to Summerfest. Yeah, it has been. Yeah. So um, got a picture of the kids in front of it and before we went on to... uh, um, Coming home. No, no, before we went into... Oh, went in to see the band? Yeah, went in to see the band. Okay, so, wow. Wow Um, what? We're... uh, Are we still recording? We're still recording, thank God. Oh, yay. Yay. Um, So, well... Yeah, we've been on hiatus or pod fading or... Since when? When was our last show? St. Patty's Day-ish. March, April, May, June. That's only three months. It was a short vacation. Three long months. A lot happened in three yeah. months. All right, you want to... A quick recap? Let's see, since St. Patty's Day, um, we got through the school year. We got through... Basketball and kind of baseball. We dealt with a teenager with mono and him not being able to do anything for six to eight weeks. That that's that's a that's a hard one to get through. And then we got through the end of the school year and testing and all that stuff. And then we got through another sports injury for me. And now we're the ramping up to biking season because I missed a good five to six weeks of uh, training time. Okay. Um, yeah, you had your yearly trip to Madison. Oh, I'll get to that in a sec. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, thank you, Charlie, for your little uh, intro. Yes, I will we'll play that and we'll post it. The website is out there. Are these for Julie's? I never bothered putting it okay. up. You donate to me. It goes to YouTube at the website for the Scenic Shore 150 to donate. And I challenged on Facebook all of our Facebook friends to match what we are um, donating, which is basically 600 bucks for the both of us, um, to see if our friends can meet that challenge. To donate, if you so choose to help out the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Dale's third year, my fourth year, um, is wi.2013. Two zero one three, S S one five zero. L L S event. dot O R G backslash Badgercast Julie. Now somebody, if they were smart, would have gotten a tiny URL for that. <laughs> we weren't. <laughs> you know, I don't think it can off their site because it's it's uh, done through their website. I don't want to get into that. That's they're hey. kludgy. It's kludgy. It is. It's what? Kludgy. What's kludgy? Kind of dorky. Okay, maybe dorky. They're working on a finite budget, and most of the money we raise doesn't go into the computers. It oh, goes towards okay. fighting cancer. Okay, okay. So, so, stick your kludgy. All right. So. That brings us now to now. So for the last couple of weeks, I've been getting back into my cycling training. Not that I didn't 
wasn't biking in between there. I was still on the trainer a couple times a week. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. Well, it didn't help that we had, like, monsoons. Yeah. It was a very rainy May spring. And mm-hmm. April. And and I, I learned some new things about sports injuries. Um, I learned that you don't really have to do a whole lot to a specific joint to really cause problems with it. Um, dealt with my first bout of something called sesamoiditis. Painful is all I can say. There's two little bones on the bottom of your big toe where the tendon goes over. And those kind of got a little broken. Stress broken. Mm. Painful to recover from. And and I didn't really follow doctor's advice either. So, you know, I took my, my anti-inflammatory and I, quote, rested to the best of my ability, end quote. But, you know, no pain, no gain, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, first, I don't know, I don't think I spent more than a couple weeks out on the road, a couple, Excuse me. couple times a week, and we were already at our fir- my first big road, road um, trip of the summer, which was my annual trip to Madison. Yeah, I didn't go this year. Um, took the time off and was... Would I be considered the um, road crew? You could could be considered the SAG people, yes, because you you did bring our um, duffel bags to the hotel for us, and you did take them back home for us so we didn't have to bike with an extended amount of gear, and we Mm -hmm. all appreciate that. But, uh, again, we did the, my coworkers and I, there was um, Terry and Eric, two other nurses I work with, and Paul, one of our pharmacists, we, again, did the entire Glacial Drumlin Trail, which starts in Waukesha and goes into Cottage Grove. Um, that's the technical end of the trail. And then we biked an additional 20-ish miles, I think, total to get us into Madison by our hotel. And our hotel is really kind of nice because it's like hmm, less than 500 feet off the bike trail. Right, off the capital city spectrum. And they allow us to bring our bikes in and bring them up to our rooms. They have never had a fit with us doing that the last three years. Um, they've been, they're very accommodating to, to, at least to me, the only bikers we see there. Right. I've never seen anybody else um, bring them in. But So we biked out on Thursday, and we made decent time. I think total... It was close to, what did I say? We started at 8. We got there at 5.30, so 9, nine and a half hours total time. But actual bike time was just over six and a half hours. Um, we took a pretty long lunch and then a couple rest stops along the way for water. And, you know, that trip into Madison is pretty much all uphill. I want to say it's like a 6 to 10% grade from Waukesha into Cottage Grove. Right. And then once you get to Cottage Grove, taking the city streets into Madison, there's this lovely highway called Cottage Grove Road or Highway BB. It's a monster of two, three big hills. Right. Yeah. Which is the last 45 minutes of your bike ride. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, Madison... um, 
is bike friendly to a certain extent, but it's not um, overpass friendly. There's only two overpasses between I-94 and um, the Beltline. Which is Highway 18. Which is Highway 18, which is the next interchange at that particular part of the freeway. So you went over one, which is BB, and then there's AB, and that, that's it. So there's like there's only two really roads you could go to over get into Madison to if get you're if you're a on a bike or on a bike yeah. correct and we learned again that summer is not nice to anybody on wheels of any sort because there's a bunch of construction on uh, I can't think of the name of the street but it's a street that takes us to the other part of the Capital City Trail. And it was torn up, but good. They had both sidewalks closed on either side of the road. And no detours posted at all. And that was our big, our big problem in getting to Madison on Thursday, was that the Wisconsin DNR, doing their job, I get this, they're replacing several of the bridges um, that go over some of the creeks and different things on the trail. I think there are three to four completely redone bridges. They look awesome. They're, I mean, really fixed up. Several of the other bridges that are still there need some work. They're not terrible, but they need some work. They are working on one bridge over a tributary of the, I can't even say the the name of the river, but the tributary is called Mud Creek. And, um, they closed that off um, probably about a quarter mile from the nearest crossroad, but they will not post a detour. And both m- myself and one of the other um, biker coworkers tried calling and talking to the DNR. They will not in any way, shape, or form offer a detour due to, quote, liability issues. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm. They have no liability if you're on the trail to begin with. So isn't there more liability in letting people get lost or not even telling them which roads are safe to travel on and you pick out of those roads yourself which way you want to take around? So we found a way around. Dale and I drove out the day before, and we checked it out and came up with a decent alternative for detour. Biking out there on Thursday maybe a quarter mile from where that nearest crossroad was before we took our detour, they had a wood pile of all the wood they needed to fix this bridge in the middle of the trail with old railroad ties just kind of tossed along the side of it. And that pile was probably a good three, three and a half feet tall. So we had to get off our bikes and we had to lift them up and crawl over, climb over, the wood pile. We weren't happy. Now, this was before you would have taken the... So why was that wood pile there as opposed to... Well, well the best the that we can um, logically process in our brains for college graduate people was that for them to drop off the supplies to fix this bridge, it was easier to dump them there because they had better access to the trucks backing up than they did if they would have tried to back those trucks up 
a quarter mile on that trail. Okay. So but when they so they put it logically, on, you would think they put it on the same side of the road as that they would. Well, one would think they would logically put it on the same side of the road as the bridge, not the opposite <laughs> side, number one. Number two, logically speaking, you would think that they'd put a sign up before you just all of a sudden hit it, and you've passed, let's see, the cross street before that was probably a good mile back. Again, there's no signs. There's no nothing. <laughs> we knew the detour existed because we're smart enough to, to check out things a day or two ahead of when we go on a bike ride that long to make sure that there's no funny business there are several people even the wednesday when we checked when you and i checked it out that i don't think had any clue that it was blocked off um and i don't know how they got around it if they did at all uh there were a couple people that we encountered on the way there that had no clue um they found out just because we were biking and we said you know up, there's going to be a detour when you get towards london you know Again, I don't get it. I would think there would be more of a liability issue. A, not posting a detour route so that people who take the trail, who've never taken the trail, who knows if they know the area or not, don't get lost. Especially when the ranger tells us, oh, yeah, by the way, there's black bears in the area. You might need to be a little careful. I don't know. So the ride back on Friday, um, we got caught in a little bit of a downpour. And by downpour, I mean 10 minutes of blistering, just pouring, even through the trees. We, when we got back, we were a little dried out, but we were covered in mud. Ruined a pair of sunglasses because of all the debris on the trail. But it was fun right back. Bike ride back took us just over six hours, total bike time. Not bad. So that was the 27th and 28th. And as of today, I have 18 more days till we do the Scenic Shore 150. And I think I'm in pretty good shape because when we did our daily totals for the Madison ride, total bike miles there was just over 76 miles. All right. So if I can do Madison... I can take the scenic shore and do that too. All right. And that's not on crushed gravel. That's paved road. Yes. Mm -hmm. Much nicer. Much easier. Yeah. So. So. Before we take a break, I'm going to ask you a question. Ooh, I don't like surprise questions. Well, this isn't a big surprise question. Hmm. You, you didn't, you glossed over a couple of things. You bought another bike this spring. Well, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but you Do you want me to answer this question? The question is not that I, not that you bought another bike. Uh-huh. I just glossed over that I bought another one. You didn't even mention. Uh-huh. So okay. today we took a bike ride. And, and I took said new bike. Took a new, and we went on a crushed gravel path. Yes. I won't be taking that bike ever again on a crushed gravel path. Okay. Uh, you have a choice. I don't. I have the big, big, big tires. On. There's a reason for you having that bike. Yeah. So it's a little bit, I don't go as fast. No, but neither do I on crushed gravel on a true road bike yes. either. So 
Which one are you going to take on the big ride next month? My new one. Okay. Because 99% of it is on pavement. I can handle the 1% that I know from previous rides is gravel. And that's a backcountry road somewhere near, uh, just outside of Manitowoc, because it's day two. Day two? Okay. And that's maybe a mile total. Mm Mm-hmm. It was new gravel two years ago. Right. So two years later, I'm betting it's packed down enough. It's not going to give us a big, big problem. And if I really have to... I'll get off and walk it for the little bit that I can't bike. But as I learned today, if it's an old, well-worn path, the crushed gravel isn't terrible. It embeds into the ground and right. packs down. Yeah. Mud is always going to be an issue with skinnier tires, road tires, and I can deal with that. What I can't deal with was that there were multiple places on the bug line today that had fresh gravel. And really no warning that they were there. And I'm lucky I stayed up many times because you hit the new gravel that's not packed down and all my tire wants to do is stop. So that's why I will not, I won't take it again on a, at least on a trail I haven't recently been on to know that it's fairly well packed. Um, but it's a whole different feeling that riding that bike. Um, and reason I bought it was I couldn't pass up the deal. I mean, I got a decent entry-level road bike for less than 50, or a little bit more than 50% off because somebody rode it, had a problem with it, they replaced the frame, still didn't like it, brought it back. Maybe a month use, if that. So... When you're thinking of the price of bikes, mm-hmm. I couldn't pass it up. Couldn't pass it up. All right. So, so there. Does that answer your question? Yes, it does. And for those out there who follow biking, I bought a Scott bike from REI. It's a woman-specific design. Um, like I said, entry-level road bike. The basic info that I've gotten on it says it's a decent entry-level bike. And if I like it a lot and continue to do it, I may go up from there in a couple of years. We'll see. On uh, Saturday, I get my bike fit, the official bike fit for that bike. Okay, so let's take a break. What are we taking a break with? Um, we're taking a break with a song from... The guy, some guys called Key to Awesome, and it's you know they're they're into um, you know following trends and and <coughs> such. Excuse me. And, you know, like Philip Phillips and the Mumford and Sons, and mm-hmm. and they wanted to start a Mumford band on the BadgerCast. Have every single one of your friends and start a Mumford band. Take a Mumford stand. You don't need a drummer in a Mumford band. You just stomp your feet and you clap your hands. Oh, 
sir, I'd like to know where is this Mumford land? It's somewhere between Limerick and Williamsburg, Brookland. So pull up your suspenders, chug another jug of wine. Tonight we're gonna party like it's 1899. We strum on our guitars so hard we break our strumming hands. We use a toaster filter when we post on Instagram. We used to be the house band for the Antiques Roadshow. Someone sound the trumpets now, let's do some haze and hoes. a fan. Laddie plays the washboard, Wendell plays the fipple flute. Player Knucklebox sings how they settle band disputes. Emmett plays the Jew's harp and Bill plays his own moustache. Thaddeus the barkeep makes us cocktails in a flash. Joe scratches the Victrola like an old-timey DJ. <laughs> Jill's on social media, she twitters from the stage. We've got too many members, now the stage is caving in. Can't tell where the And that was Keto Awesome with Start a Mumford Band. I like that. So, we're back. Mm-hmm. What's next up? Uh, well, we kind of talked about Summerfest. Yes. And we kind of talked about your rides. Yes. Um, so, what? Are, I don't have anything prepared for. Uh, Wisconsin Cheesehead Spotlight, but maybe you do. You said well, you were going to talk about bike paths, but I don't know. Yeah, we're going to, I have two others that I want to check out, and I'm debating doing that tomorrow. There's, um, the closest one is, um, hold on. I don't know what that means. Anyway, um, there is a trail called the Sugar River Trail, I believe. And it goes from Broadhead to just south of Madison. And it is 24-ish miles one way. And the... You won't be riding your new bike. No, I won't be riding the new bike. But it stops near New Glarus, where there's this little brewery. Yeah, but I don't know if I can go. Why not? Um, uh, Mr. Sun has an appointment tomorrow morning. Uh, he doesn't have an appointment. He has a, a side job. Yes. yes. So, but you know what? I think we could we could twist somebody's arm to keeping them occupied. Eh, we'll see. Anyway, all right. It's it goes through New, basically New Glarus is the end of the trail, 
and the new Glarus Brewery would be right there. So there's that up on the list, and it's, I wouldn't say it's desolate, because there, there are several stops in between, um, but you're out in the, you're out in the country um, with a couple little stops. One of the other trails that I'm looking at is, um, it is out in the middle of nowhere. It goes from, and I can't think of the name of it, and I don't have the book in front of me, but it starts um, just north of us and goes up into Fond du Lac, and I think it's 38 to 40 miles one way. But looking at it, you're going either around or almost through the Horicon Marsh. There's not many places to stop. And that's, that's a turnoff to me. I mean, when, I, when I'm looking at bike trails and I'm looking at um, whether I want to do these trails or not, I look at where the stops are. I look at is there water available near them because you don't want to carry a whole lot of stuff with you. Realistically speaking, if you take the, the second trail, you'd have to have at least a camelback with you to make sure you had enough water on a very hot day because from what I can piece together, there's probably a good 20 miles or so that doesn't have a stop with access to water. That's a long time in the summer. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I, and that's one of the things I look, like I said, I look at when I look at these trails. There are several other trails that um, I would love to do at least part of to do them, do them in their entirety won't happen with a whole, without a whole heck of a lot of planning. There's the Mountain Bay State Trail that we've talked about before, runs um, from Green Bay West towards um, Wausau, I believe. Um, but it's 83 miles one way. You could probably do that in a day. I mean, that's feasible to do 83 miles in a day. That's a long day. But it's a long day. Again, I'm looking at the availability of water for stops and the stops along it. And you're pretty out, much out in the middle of nowhere in the middle, middle of the northern half of the state. You're also... You in- would have to have support because unless you want to bike with the saddlebags and bring everything with you you're going to need for a hotel, you're going to have to have somebody meet you there. Yeah. And, and you're then, also in the middle of reservation country, too. Correct. I, again, there's all kinds of safety stuff going on here. Oh, and bear country. And bear country. Then you have, do you do that as just a one-way trip so that somebody drops you guys off at the trailhead and meets you at the end, which isn't a bad idea? Or do you do it like our Madison trips have been, where you do the 83 miles out and do the 83 miles back the next day? That's a long, long two days. Right. I mean, 70 to 75, you know, it's doable. It's not terrible when you have the support. And then like a ride like our scenic shore, when you have, what, seven different rest stops, including lunch throughout the day, not a big deal. But when you're trying to look at these um, different trails on your own, and if you won't need a little helping hand support, it's, it's hard to make those decisions. So to the people that listen to us, and I know there's a, a a handful. You have any suggestions from people that you've you've biked with or you know that bike and how they make decisions on whether to take certain trails and how they um, break it up for the longer 
rides. Like, you know, for the Mountain Bay State Trail, if we did that one, that's, what, 166 miles um, the out and back. Do you do that in a day, or do you break that up into a week and do, you know, 20, 30 here, and if there's a place to stop, stop and check out the area. I know that, you know, a couple of years ago, we ran into people who were biking um, the Military Ridge State Trail, another trail I'd love to take in its entirety, um, that they were camping along it. So they rode out, they stopped at the state park, they camped for the night, but yet they had to have everything on their bikes. They didn't have anybody meet them. So it was very, um, it was very interesting to look at them and see how they packed because they had, I think, the um, pannier packs on both the front and the back because they had to have a tent they had to have whatever, however they cooked dinner. And I don't remember if they went summer for dinner or if they had just basic, like, prepackaged, like, you know. Like MREs. MRE type things. Um, you know, how do you make those choices? How, how is the best way to plan for stuff if that's, that's what you're looking for? Because several of the other trails across the state that would be great to take, you're going to have to drive up, number one, to them you're more than likely going to have to to spend at least a night or two in the area because they're too much of a distance to drive and start right away. Some of these trails are, what, four and a half, five hours away to to their starting point, and then they're at least 35 to 60 miles in length one way. So, I don't know. Some of, some of the books that we have, they don't really give you a whole lot of tips on the whole experience. They give you a couple tips on what the trails are like, the length, you know, what their um, trail grooming conditions are, if, if their bridges, some of the physical features that you're going to find on the ride. But they don't really encompass the whole thing when deciding to make a trip of that nature. So if you have comments... Please call 262-649-8550. I was going to say 646. 649-8550. And I will try to do better at uh, listening to them in timely fashion. (laughs) So that's that. And then um, I actually am reading a new book. So for the What's Julie Reading segment... Janet Ivanik, Ivanovich, however you want to say her name, has a new book out. And she's had a couple series out before with um, another author, so she has co-written this book. It is a new series. Um, it is called The Heist, um, written by her and Lee Goldberg. Um, and the little blurb they have on it, it says it's a brand new series from number one New York Times bestselling author Janet Ivanovic and Lee Goldberg <coughs> excuse me bestselling author and television writer for Monk what's an FBI agent to do after she's caught the world's most wanted and irresistibly charming con man partner up with him dot 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 so I'm about halfway through the book it's, it's cute it's fun it's different I like that but she I don't know what um, Goldberg's normal writing style is. I don't think I've read anything by him. I mean, I've seen Monk a couple times. Um, 
but it definitely has bits and pieces of Ivanovic's humorous t- twist on things when it comes to names and how things are are plotted out and then I think the other stuff that's different I, I'm attributing to the co-writer so, ah, so far okay. so good and that just came out on the 18th of June alright so uh, voicemails I'm gonna apologize because I think we got one from Barry and I could not find it for the life of me so sorry you mean only one from Barry it wasn't like two three or four well you know we haven't podcast for like almost six months three months four months i don't remember uh-huh. so so i don't expect a lot of calls but if you like to call you can call uh, us at 262 didn't want to do that no so. you didn't so i'll have to start again if you want to call us you can call us at 262-649-8550 you can get a hold of us um, by email at thebadgercast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can get a hold of us through Facebook and sometimes Twitter. I'm more on Facebook these days. Yep. That's Lofty Guy. And Don't tickle me. So, until next time, which should not be. Actually, I have a feeling we can talk a couple individuals into it this coming weekend. Maybe. Summer Fest recap with uh, the adorable crew. Hopefully, hopefully. So, and the casino. So, until next time, which should be hopefully before the end of the month. Before the end of the summer, for sure. Okay. Good night. Love ever after After the life we've